This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Did you ever think that getting on the saddle might affect your getting in the saddle with all of the Tour de France coverage? Uh, I'm thinking about the saddle. That is the cue to put the kitties to bed for the Sunday night hell show because oftentimes we go beneath the covers. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath and this is the Sunday Night Health Show, a show all about health. It's been said your health is your wealth and may lead to a longer, happier life and even better relationships, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, and even yes, 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 sexual. So definitely put those kids to bed unless you have already had the talk with them and you think they can handle it. A listener's discretion is advised. However, I have a passion for evidence-based health information to guide you so that the life you lead is the best it can be. And although my aim is to provide you with up-to-date information, I want you to know that you really should consult with your medical doctor for anything that ails you. Tonight, we have lots to talk about on the program. I have great great guest, Dr. John Weisler, is in studio with me. He's a cardiologist and a regular contributor to this program. We're going to be talking about cycling risks to sexual health. Also, life after spinal cord injury and creative ideas around uh, how to have a better uh, sex life and uh, happier marriage. And um, if finances are your problem, because finances are the number one issue for married couples, I have an idea for you and somebody who started a business after the real estate industry is tanked in their area uh, has a, a great idea. And, th- and also, um, you might get lots of people coming to your party if you hire these people. Anyway, we're also going to be talking with Dr. Al Usby of Olive Fertility. He is talking about the first test tube baby who is 40 now, if you can believe that, and all of the changes that have occurred with fertility in the world today. And certainly Olive Fertility does a great job around that. The one symptom of menopause you may not be aware of, but may be experiencing right now. And also, I want to talk to you about uh, if you try to talk to your partner about your feelings or something that's bothering you is your partner defensive. So we're going to dive into that a little bit um, and also going to be talking about men and their feelings because I was surprised at some of the clinical cases that I had this week. I, I really thought guys were so comfortable talking about their feelings. Anyway, okay, that's not true. Uh, good evening, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, come on. That's not true, Maureen. <laughs> I know, but I didn't know it was as desperate as it was. (laughs) Men, like, it's awful. Men are conditioned to not be comfortable with that because showing that you're comfortable with it, like, like you're less of a man. Oh, my. But you are going to run into so many more problems in life. I know firsthand. Like, it's garbage, like, what that is. Exactly. I'm really happy whenever I see, you know, like, ads pointed at males who are like it's okay to talk about things like it doesn't make you weak it makes you strong it it makes you have a a lot more troubles and you'll see from some of the stories that i have to share tonight which i was shocked with um you know and there seems to be a common theme around men who are unable to speak to their wives about things that are bothering them in their marriage yep it's 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 a fear thing is a lot of what it is because it's just from well, I'm I'm a younger person, but you know, for everything that I've been told passed down from older generations is they were told, you know, if you can't express that weakness, you've just got to be the rock. 
Yeah, and you know what? And I don't think it's the way that that it should be, and it can lead to severe problems. So if you have any questions at all about uh, anything that we're going to be talking about on the program tonight, and believe you me, we have lots to talk about. I have fabulous guests coming on. The number to call is 1-877-399-9898. Or you can always email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com. That's nursetalk at hotmail.com. And I am going to be reading some shocking emails tonight as well. But first, I wanted to talk about a patient that I had that was referred to me. It was a couple. They were referred to me by uh, their general practitioner. And so they were having issues in the marriage. And she was trying to explain the issues to him. And he just didn't seem to absorb them, to understand them. He really didn't engage too much. And he actually blamed this on perimenopause, which are the years leading up to menopause. And he had said to me, I feel like my wife is going through perimenopause. And as soon as she hits menopause, she's going to come back to me. This is actually after he, she had left him. So, I I was quite surprised that because I I felt his attitude was blasé, apathetic, that he really wasn't willing to do the work, didn't want to do the work. So several years later and and recently, I ran into the general practitioner who had sent him to see me. And I said, you know, this couple had uh, uh, they had four children, uh, you know, in their um like late, they were kind of 10 to 16 years of age, and they divorced. They eventually divorced. And the wife's perception was that the husband didn't want to do the work, didn't care, wasn't willing to make any sacrifices. He never really said anything. He never shared his feelings. So I said to the GP, I happened to run in to her, and I said, did that man ever care? Did he was he ever bothered by this divorce, by his wife leaving him? And she said to me, which shocked me, she said to me, are you kidding me? She said, he was devastated. He went into a depression. He was unable to work. He uh, was unemployed for a long time. He was completely heartbroken, but he never had the the compunction, the capacity, the ability to express this. And I know that this was not the perception of his wife. In fact, his wife thought, as as divorces often become, they become about money. And, and this couple didn't actually have any financial issues um, prior to their, the divorce or the separation. But they did afterward, because that's what happens. And, and so this a uh, couple focused on the division of assets and the division of the money and and the feelings were never really mentioned and i was really gobsmacked i have to say i was really surprised to hear and i shouldn't have been because that uh men are you know many men not all men many men are not comfortable with expressing their feelings and that can lead to substance use and abuse and miscommunication and the breakup of a family um, which is probably the saddest uh, end to uh, something like this so it's really important guys to share your feelings there are certain uh, you can practice I often advise men to practice what they're going to say to to keep it simple um, to make it a you know a good time Choose your time wisely uh, when you're going to speak to uh, your wife um, or your partner, whomever it is, um, in your in your life that you have something important to say because uh, a lot of hearts can be broken and a lot of lives can be affected. And I've had a number. I do. I do. Uh, they're VC 
calls, telehealth calls around the globe. And I had an American who was living in Croatia and he was actually living in a marriage for the past decade that lacked intimacy, a decade. He had occasionally tried to bring it up with his wife, but she would get defensive. And, and so he found himself now at this stage you know, looking around, looking outside of uh, the marriage. And that made him nervous. And that is what prompted him to call me. So, you know what, I think men do need some help in, uh, in terms of expression, expressing their feelings, um, especially if they're having issues in the relationship. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about that a little later on in the program. But remember, you can always call me one 399 9898 or you can email me in confidence, com. Uh, when I come back, we're going to be talking with Jim and Jim is going to share his incredible story. I had the, I had the honor of meeting him. I I had the uh, pleasure of hearing him speak. He's a motivational speaker, but I had the honor of meeting him recently. And so he agreed to come on the program tonight and share his life after spinal cord injury. I am Maureen McGrath, and this is the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, rolling through life very shortly, but right now I have Nina on the line who has a comment about the previous topic, which I believe is feelings in men. Hello, Nina. Hi there. How are you? I'm really good. I just wanted to say that I have worked as a psychologist. I've spoken with men before, and I happened to be talking to one at the YMCA a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me about his life and his problems with women and his girlfriend. Then all of a sudden he stopped. And I said to him, what's wrong? And he said, oh, my God, I'm sharing my feelings with you. As though it's such a sin for right. him to do that. Yeah, the realization. He's lucky he could share his feelings with you. Yeah, but it's unfortunate the men have to stop and kind of assess the, what they're actually saying. If it's okay and get affirmation, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, so we, women need to assure them that it's okay to talk to us. For sure. Women, of course, are just fine about their feelings. Yeah, I know, unfortunately, <laughs> it's so easy for us. We don't seem to have a problem. But thank you so much, Nina, okay, for the comment. Um, right now, talk about somebody who has feelings. Uh, this is a guy that I, uh, he was a Courage to Come Back award winner. This year, and I had the honor to be at that event and hear his heartfelt story of how his life changed and and, uh, talk about somebody who has feelings. He's the kind of guy uh, that you feel like when you meet him, and I I met him later, um, that you've known him your entire life. And, um, and, you know, his, uh, his mantra is life isn't where you're from, life is where you're going. And uh, it was uh, it was such an honor. Um, it, it was such an honor to uh, to meet him and to be able to speak to him about um, about his life. So I work with a lot of patients who have spinal cord injury, and and a lot of people. Um, a lot of people actually think that ambulation is what people need to overcome. And that's not uh, what people need to overcome. In fact, it's, uh, in fact, um, it's bladder and bowel um, health that uh, people need to overcome. 
And but you'd think that it was walking, but quite often um, people are able to walk um, to be, overcome ambulation with wheelchairs and devices um, like that. So um, it's it's really it's really tough for me to be honest with you to work in the spinal cord injury field. I'll, I'll be honest because I've been working in that field for such a long period of time, and um, and. Uh, it's heartbreaking with each story. I see young men who have been um, perhaps on a motorcycle um, that are no longer able to walk. Um, we, uh, they're, they're no longer able to actually, you know, to walk or they may, we're, we've actually made some changes in um, treatment of spinal cord injury and we're now using medications like Levofed to increase the perfusion. And so that's really the only change that I've seen in, in my 15 years of working with spinal cord injured patients. Um, but one thing that is for sure is that the location of your spinal cord injury matters. And it's impossible, however, to predict the precise, precise course of a spinal cord injury. And, but knowing the location of your injury, and that's done by an Asia score, American Spinal Injury Association uh, score. And so that will help you to, de- to determine the degree to which a person will be disabled. And cervical spinal cord injuries are the most severe. And those are the ones that inevitably result in quadriplegia. So in, in Jim's case, who's going to be joining us soon, um, we, he uh, could not feel anything, or has no motion, no sensation from the axilla down. So with spinal cord injury, your physical capabilities will change. You'll have difficulty controlling your bladder or bowels, and that is the number one issue for paraplegics. Uh, the number one issue for quadriplegics is hand function. And Jim said the other day, oh man, if I could move one hand, my whole life would change. Um, because he can't move anything. As he says, he can't move a muscle. And, you know, if you, you leave the room and come back, he says, I haven't moved a muscle since you uh, left. Um, and he's got a great sense of humor. But you will also have difficulty with sexual function, arousal, libido, and fertility. Uh, you can still have sex, you can still father a baby, you can still have a baby if you're a female. So there's lots of myths around that. Uh, there may be some phantom pain that you experience, or you may have pain at the site of your injury. So a lot of patients require uh, pain medications or gabapentin. A lot of people use medical marijuana. People will experience tingling sensations. You'll also get change sensations throughout your body and gastrointestinal problems. Especially early on, you may have difficulty breathing without assistance. So a lot of people are venting or um, at that time, especially in the acute phase. And there can be changes uh, in your breathing, such as the development of sleep apnea. Skin problems are also an issue for patients with spinal cord injury, especially bed sores. And so that's why it's important to have physical therapy, passive physical therapy, getting as much activity as possible um, with, uh, you know, moving around uh, with assistance, uh, moving in the bed, getting up to the chair, getting up to the commode, Sometimes, um, and, and I'm actually involved in a community bowel program research study that's being done out of Simon Fraser University. Dr. Victoria Clayton is the principal investigator. And we're going out into the community and we're actually um, visiting patients and um, utilizing uh, uh, lidocaine um, It's actually a, a blinded study. So on one day, uh, we're blinded to it. Uh, we're administering rectally uh, lidocaine, and on the other day, it's lubrication. And then the patient carries on with their normal bowel routine, which for some people can be up to two or three hours. Um, and they obviously need assistance and sometimes two caregivers. Um, so this can this type of life can lead to depression and anxiety. And 
changes in the body may exacerbate those uh, issues. Uh, some of the medications that people are required to take and they're required to take many can change your brain processes like your neurotransmitters and it can make you more vulnerable to mental illness. That said, I've been working with spinal cord injury patients for a, a, a number of years now and, and I'm amazed at uh, their resilience and, and their courage and uh, their ability to um, you know, just face so much, so many changes in, in their lifetime. Jim Ryan, who's going to be joining us after the break, was looking at retirement. It was the first day he and his wife had discussed retirement. And, um, you know, so it's and his life changed in a second. And that's what you that's what you hear. Um, and, and sometimes as well, people's injuries will change over time. Um, it's, you know, the injury profile you may have on day one is quite different from that, which you will face, uh, you know, a year from now or a decade uh, from now because spinal cord injuries change over time, particularly in the first weeks when the swelling is still an issue. Um, some people require surgery uh, at the time. There's, they're given medications to decrease the swelling. Um, one of the greatest progress that I've seen is that increase of perfusion that seems Seems to help people who are incomplete injuries um, have better ability to be able to walk. Um, so it matters if you have a complete injury or an incomplete injury. So there's so many things that that come into play with spinal cord injury, but there's one thing is for sure, life after a spinal cord injury changes, and there's really no way to plan for something as traumatic and shocking as a spinal cord injury. And so many people have questions, they want answers, many people who engage in risky behaviors, um, you know, and that's that's not always the case, but you know, oftentimes, you know, you really need to protect your your spine and um, and consider that that it's not just about the ambulation; it's more about your bladder health, your bowel health, and your sexual function. And so, Jim Ryan is going to join us after the break, and we're going to hear a little bit about his story. I am Maureen McGrath, and it's my pleasure to be here. And you are listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you so much for being here with me this evening. I do hope you're enjoying your summer. If you have any questions at all, the number to call is 1-877-399-9898. That's 1-877-399-9898. You can always email me in confidence at nursetalk at hotmail.com. Jim Ryan is on the line. He's a motivational speaker, and he is rolling through life quite eloquently, I might add. I had the honor of being in attendance at the Courage to Come Back Awards, where he was a a winner and a crowd favorite, I must say. His inspiring story um, that was heartfelt and um, just beautiful, just had the entire room of thousands of people uh, in tears and, and yet smiling as well. And Jim sustained a spinal cord injury while on vacation. Uh, and Jim is on the line right now. Hello, Jim. Can you hear me? I, I, I sure can. <laughs> How are you tonight? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. I thought you were going to call tomorrow or next week. So here I am. Oh, here you are. I was- I was listening in, so that worked out well. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> some people, I, I, I could make a joke, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm going to right. refrain. <laughs> it all worked out. It sure did. It sure did. 
thank you so much for joining me on the program tonight. Uh, you're a motivational speaker. You go around and speak to uh, medical students and um, yeah, healthcare professionals and large groups. And uh, because your life changed, um, you pretty much, you know, had a had an awesome life as a as a pilot and a husband and a dad and um, snowboarding and act, active and and in seemingly one second your life changed and now you're a quadriplegic rolling through life can can you tell us how your life has changed um yeah or actually uh, what happened why don't you tell share what happened let's start at the beginning so you're right I, i had a good life and in a lot of ways i still have a good life but it's extremely different uh my wife isabel and i were on really our first holiday uh just the two of us our fourth child was just finishing university and we were finally uh, on our own and starting to earn money for ourselves if you know what I mean and uh, so we were in uh, Maui and uh, it was March 30th 2016 so those of you who do date math were one day short of two years and four months I'm sorry now we're eight days short because I'm thinking we're next week eight days short of two years and four months and uh, Isabel and I uh, got up in the morning. We had breakfast, and we were going uh, to uh, McKenna State Park, which is known as Big Beach. And, yes, there is Little Beach. And uh, I might as well tell you straight out, it's the, uh, the nude beach. Uh, that, that was like our second time there. So, being Oh, old, sure. Old, you think I believe that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, no. You know, old people, you revert to your childhood, and you want to <laughs> hang out but, if you know what I mean. So Isabel and I are on the beach, and it's warm, and we just decide to go into the water to cool off. Now, uh, Big Beach, Little Beach is quite famous for their waves, and it can be quite dangerous. And The waves really weren't that big that day, otherwise we wouldn't have gone in. But uh, we're just floating around uh, up to our shoulders, and then we decide to come back. And as we are backing out of the water, yeah, you never turn your back to the ocean. Uh, the last wave was coming. We're 10 meters or 10 yards, depending on which side of the uh, age group you fall on from the shore. And the uh, last wave came, and I said to Isabel, let's dive through the wave, and uh, we'll go back on the beach and, and enjoy the day. The wave came and uh, hit and I got twisted around and uh, drove my neck in the sand. And uh, I found out later I suffered severe whiplash, and I was instantly paralyzed. And I know this because after the wave went by, I thought I'm going to have a headache tonight, and I could see the surface of the water above me not far, and I thought I'll just swim to the surface, and we'll be on our way, and I couldn't move. So now I'm under the water and I can't move, and uh, I attribute it a bit to uh, my mother. No matter what happens, you keep working on it. And uh, my training as an airline, well, a military and then an airline pilot. And uh, in an airplane, if you have a problem, you can't pull over and work on it. you got to keep going forward through time and space, and you work the problem. So I'm underwater, I'm not moving, I could see the uh, surface and I'm trying to work the problem and nothing's happening and uh, then I could see uh, and feel the air coming out of my lungs and the bubbles bubbled out the left side of my mouth, I remember it distinctly and 
I could feel the water coming in. And uh, being the weird person that I am, the only thing I thing I could think of is, well, at least I'm not burning to death. So, forgot to panic. Never got to that spot. Working the problem, and uh, the last thing I remember is Isabel grabbing my head out of the water, screaming help, and uh, well, I died. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, contrary to what uh, the President of the United States says, America and Americans are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Isabel screamed help, everybody on the beach that day jumped. Some people helped Isabel drag me out of the water and started CPR. Some went and ran and got the lifeguards, and some called 911. Five lifeguards came running over the hill uh, with all their gear uh, to save me, and uh, I met them last uh, Christmas. We went back to say thank you, and it was a very emotional time. It's on our Facebook page, Jim Ryan Rolling Through Life. And uh, they're working on me. And as they said, when they saw me, they thought, well, here's another dead guy. I shouldn't say it that way. And uh, because I look dead, like real dead. They started doing the CPR on me. And suddenly I start coming around. And they said to Isabel, he seems to be coming back. Say something. So Isabel, and this is a joke we have in her eternal loving life, uh, she said, the story isn't over. You owe me 30 more years of marriage. <laughs> and the lifeguards go, really? <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. I came back and uh, talking to the lifeguards, I said I was very awake. I was responding, blinking my eyes to questions. And I don't remember any of this. I'll be totally honest. Uh, since Isabel screamed help till sometime the next day, I, I don't remember a thing. But they dragged me over the hills and into the ambulance and into uh, emergency at the hospital in Maui. And I spent five days in Maui and four months at Vancouver General, BGH, and uh, five and a half months in the excellent institution known as GF Strong Rehab Center, where they deal with spinal cord injuries. And I got home January last year and... Uh, we're still modifying our house and adapting to life as a quadriplegic. So there you go in a nutshell. Right. And, and life has changed uh, significantly for you. And, and most notably, uh, as we have discussed, bladder and bowel function has changed. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you want to just talk about that, I, can, I don't feel or move anything below my armpits. So, yes, everything has changed. I need help from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. You might hear the doorbell ring in about 15 or 20 minutes when my uh, service, Chilliwack Home Health, comes in and helps put me to bed. Um, bowels and bladder, as they say, for a spinal cord injury, they survey what spinal cord injuries injured persons want. And even more important than walking or moving is going to the bathroom when you want and how you want Right. And I don't have any of that anymore. That's all gone. Right. Nothing private. I have a an indwelling catheter, they call it. So it goes through uh, my lower abdomen, below my belly button, right into my bladder. And I have a tube coming out. And I fill a bag that I empty every few hours right. or less. 
dependent on how I'm doing. Right. And, and and this has uh, had a big impact on your wife as well, who told me that she's on night duty every night. Um, yeah. So sleeping as next I to keep you. saying, uh, my injury is very apparent, and everybody knows about it. And Isabel's is is hidden, and the the stress, the tremendous stress of trying to care for someone like me. Uh, last night, I had a real problem sleeping, and I told her. Uh, it would be better if she went upstairs to sleep because I'm going to be listening to the radio or turning on the TV or anything to pass the night. Mm-hmm. Understand when I can't sleep, I really just stare at the ceiling and uh, turn on the TV or the radio or a podcast. And, and I lie there and I wait till 8 a.m. when my service comes and I start the day. So for Isabel loses a night's sleep, the same as I lose a night's sleep and and then we're both exhausted all day today. Right. That, that, that part's a bit difficult. It's not a bit. It's a lot difficult. There's so much time. There's so much to your story, and I really appreciate you uh, providing an introduction to it tonight. And I want to have you back uh, in the future. Perhaps we'll do it next weekend. Um, yeah. But uh, So thank you so much, Jim. Uh, I just wanted to mention your blog, Rolling Through Life, and also on Facebook, Jim Ryan, Rolling Through Life. Thank you so much, Jim, and we'll definitely get more of that story because it is, so, it's so complex, but I really appreciate your, your coming on the air a little early. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. If you have any questions at all, the number to call is 1-877-399-9898 or email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com. Louise Brown was the first person in the world to be born through in vitro fertilization. This birth was controversial in 1978 and it caused a huge sensation around the world. And she grew up in the center of the debate about the ethics of the procedure. Her mother, notably, was depressed at the time and because they were a childless couple and she wanted nothing more uh, than to have a baby. And so this was experimental at the at that time. Um, and But there's a pioneer that we have here in Canada who uh, is uh, has been is responsible for likely thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of babies being born. And that is Dr. Al Usby of Olive Fertility. Hello, Dr. Usby. Hi, Maureen. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me on the program tonight. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Louise is 40, and uh, since then, there have been somewhere between 6 and 8 million people born through in vitro fertilization uh, since 1978. Well, that's uh, the estimate, somewhere around 7 million. But, you know, there are a lot of other things that have resulted from uh, IVF other than just... uh, uh, children born by this procedure for couples who have infertility because in vitro fertilization has given us so much more uh, since its development. We can uh, prevent the transmission of genetically uh, uh, transmitted diseases with this uh, procedure now. We can freeze eggs for women who want to preserve their fertility for future uh, pregnancies. Uh, there are so many other implications that IVF has brought to the fore uh, other than just couples who can't conceive and want to have a baby 
with that procedure now. So it's really progressed, and you've been involved in uh, in helping couples to have babies uh, for a number of years. And and um, tell me about some of the cases that you've had um, well, that are near know, and dear to your uh, heart. I'm very fortunate because I happened to be in the, a field that wasn't really a field at the time. The, the uh, specialty of reproductive medicine was really not a specialty until the development of treatments that we had for infertility. And it wasn't until the mid-1960s that we had the very first drug to treat women who didn't ovulate. That was a drug called clomiphene. Many women are familiar with the name Clomid Mm -hmm. or Seraphine. And until 1964, when that drug became available in this country, or really in the world, uh, we didn't have anything that we could really say uh, was an important step forward in treating women for uh, their problem with fertility. So uh, this is a very new specialty. It's only uh, 55 or 60 years old. Uh, when I first went into the uh, specialty, we didn't have anything uh, to offer patients because I started into this field uh, just before clomiphene was uh, was released. And that was my first research project was uh, on this drug, actually, to to see whether it worked and how we could use it. So uh, this new specialty has given us uh, the ability to uh, do so many things. And, and bring so much joy to so many couples. Who... Well, it, it has. And, uh, you know, people ask me why when I'm going to retire and why would I want to ever leave a specialty that brings so much joy to people. Now, it doesn't always bring joy because we don't help everyone, and that's a, still a disappointment of ours that we are still working on. But uh, we are uh, someday I think that we will be able to help even more people than we can help now. Which is fantastic. So for people who are looking, uh, who are having issues perhaps with having a baby or they're delaying uh, starting the family, they, they may not have met the right person, what would you recommend? Well, whatever the, the issue is, uh, when it comes to fertility, whether a woman wants to know whether she's uh, getting too old to have a baby, whether the, uh, the, her physician thinks that uh, she should uh, try to get pregnant sooner than later, whether she is a candidate to preserve her fertility with by freezing her eggs, uh, whether she has an illness that could uh, interfere with her future fertility and therefore uh, would be uh, it would be advantage uh, to her to to freeze her eggs. All these things, whatever is a, a concern to a woman, she needs to discuss that with her physician. Don't uh, you know it's the saddest thing that we hear in our practice is, no one told me, right. uh, and I, I don't ever want to have to hear that. I want to have everyone um, advocate for themselves, and if they have a concern, go to your physician. Say, look, this is what's troubling me. Is this an issue, or is this a non-issue? And if it's an issue, please get me somewhere where I can deal with it. 
it's so true. You know, it's really what I try to do on this program because I, 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 you know, cringe at the thought that people would think that they didn't know about something. That's why I try to cover a vast array of health subjects. And, and I really appreciate you coming on to talk about this very important health subject. And, and if people wanted to uh, seek help, uh, how would they reach you? Well, uh, seeing us is very simple. Uh, all uh, a uh, woman or a man or a couple whether it's a same-sex couple, a heterosexual couple, it doesn't matter who you are. If you have a concern, uh, then all you need to do is voice that concern to your physician and say, can you refer me? And we're at the Olive Fertility Center. We're not the only fertility center in the province, but uh, we we always like to pat ourselves on the back. So if someone wants to come to the Olive Fertility Center, uh, then we're, we're more than pleased to, to see anyone who has a concern related to their fertility in any way. If the woman is uh, single and has no partner, uh, if there's a same-sex couple, either male or female, we can help everyone. And uh, all you need to do is ask for referral to the Olive Fertility Center, or you can uh, go to a walk-in clinic and ask for a referral to the Olive Fertility Center, or you can even self-refer on our website, and that's www.olivefertility.com. Fantastic. And so those that are out of province might want to uh, self-refer. Thank you so much, Dr. Al Usby, pioneer in the field of fertility. Uh, We're talking about so uh, many health subjects that my heart is pounding. (laughs) And fortunately, I have Dr. John Weisler in the studio with me. He's a cardiologist. Dr. Weisler, thank you so much for being here. Um, So many of these uh, subjects, um, so many of these subjects are related to the heart. And, And even, you know, the subject I started out with at the beginning, men's feelings. Um, so we're going to be, I'm going to be having you stay on to the second hour of the program and, uh, ask you about some of the impact because do, do some of these things affect the heart? Absolutely. And, uh, thanks for having me tonight, Maureen. So after the break, we can discuss, you know, all the connections, both with spinal cord injury and the problems that some of these fa- patients, um, face, uh, also with, uh, delivering babies and concern about being pregnant, chronic stress. So there's a lot we can discuss. Absolutely. Today. That chronic busyness that might prevent you from getting back to the bedroom. So, you know, what? And then if your husband has a hard time talking to you about it, uh, you know, it's uh, it can cause big issues in your relationship. So we're going to be talking about just how dangerous uh, chronic busyness is. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at CKNW.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.